Hi, I'm Naomi Simpson and I'm so pleased to be bringing you Handpicked, my podcast. Now, the idea is that people get to ask me any question they like. They put me on the spot. It might be about whether to start a business, how to grow their business, maybe even how to save their business. And in this episode, we'll show you that age is no barrier to starting a business. We welcome Harry, who will ask me some tricky questions about how to grow your business. Hello and welcome to Handpicked and today I have Harry Sanders with me and I'm really curious to understand what sort of questions you'll have for me. We've met a few times, I met you actually at the Umbrella Awards is where I met you. So Harry, tell us a little bit about your business first. Yeah, sure. So uh, Harry Sanders, I run a company called Studio Hawk, which is uh, instead of a full service digital marketing company, a very specialized agency that just does what we call SEO or search engine optimization. So we started out with that idea. We're now about 40 people around the world uh, here in London, still staying true to that original vision. Uh, and then, yeah, we also do a lot of training with a company called Hawk Academy, and we train a lot of different universities and people on the magical, magical world that is SEO. So that's what I do. How long have you been in business? When did you start? Uh, six years now. Six years. I started when I was 17, so 23 now. Oh, look at you. You're rocking it. Ancient you're getting, now. You're getting ancient. ancient. Look at you. Watch oh, out. Exactly. <laughs> Here comes the seniors card. That's it. So that's it. I, I'm getting a seniors card in a little while, and I'll be very grateful. So, Harry, what questions have you got for me? Well, Naomi, I've uh, I've dug deep and I found a few questions that I think it would be good to ask you. One of the first ones that I wanted to go through, actually, given your background and my background, is how do you think Australia compares in terms of support for entrepreneurs and business owners compared to you know an international level? You know, it's such a good question. Um, I am challenged by the state of our startup community in Australia and the state of small business. And it's not that Mm. people aren't trying and it's not that I'm asking for necessarily government support. But when Mm. I look at the infrastructure and the ecosystem in the United States particularly, but also in Europe, in the UK, Mm. like in the UK there's lots of tax breaks and there's lots of supports for the startup community. I guess one of the things is culturally uh, we are a country of winners. We like winners. Mm. We love our sport and uh, people don't necessarily understand that a startup, if it's not successful in the first three minutes, doesn't mean it's not going to be successful. So I Mm. think as a community uh, people can be impatient. We've had a lot of um, large enterprises create accelerators incubators which are to support the startup community and we've seen over the last year that people have begun to walk away from those because Mm. they're not getting the outcome. I don't have the answer on how we can support our ecosystem but I do know that education is important, Um, resources are important, grants are important and um, we do need startups to have networks where they can support each other. Mm. It's a tricky one. Like like you said, if you look at London or Europe or the US, they just, I don't know, it's like they're magnets for this kind of ecosystem, aren't they? I mean, I spent, a, you know, last week doing a, or not last week, but a week in London doing that tech week. And it, the, the level, it's a different scale to what we have in Australia. You're absolutely right. It's, it's not just a different scale, but there's a different kind of, I think we get lost in this notion of celebrity with entrepreneurs and that, um, mm. you know, while we talk about failure, don't fail because people don't like it and it's not that. But those mm. sorts of, um, you know, hackathons and um, 
other things. And yet we are desperate for innovation in this country. There is so much opportunity for people to not just in the tech space but in whether it's in agriculture and protein development, there's so much opportunity here and we need to work that out. I do know that there's a bunch of uh, VC funds that are now working directly with the universities on commercialisation projects uh, Mm. and they're also working with the likes of um, the CSIRO uh, to commercialise their products and so that we keep that IP in Australia. Too often we have invented something, let's think about Google Maps, and then we sell it offshore. And Mm. we want to keep, you know, the guys who invented, well, that was invented inside Google, but the, the guys who invented mm. Wi-Fi, like if we had have kept that technology in Australia and created the infrastructure to build the um, the devices and then license it, that would have created 60,000 jobs and be 10 times larger mm. than Atlassian. So when, we're not would good at crazy. keeping the incredible inventions that we have and I would like to see that we, we really work on that. Yeah, 100%. We're very good at, you know, we're excellent team players. We'll get the ball and then we'll pass it off and, and that's how we play but you know sometimes we need we all watch too much footy sometimes we need to hold on and go for gold you know what about when we talk hiring do you prefer to hire for passion or talent Naomi it does it does depend particularly on the role somebody in customer experience it's always about passion they have to like people if they don't like people please don't be on the phones to our customers you know they have to really love people but and I also think we need to invest in people's growth and development because if we don't you can't just keep expecting to have be high grading people and having better talent come in and in if you're not investing. One of the things I'm really proud of in our journey is how some of the people have been here, you know, like for 18 years uh, and, you know, they started as a relatively junior role and now they're in C uh, C-suite roles in the business. Um, we've had people who've mm. come out of our contact centre, gone into quality control, gone into other areas of the business. Um, and so I think it's important that if you're bringing people in at a junior level, you show them a career path and what it could look like mm. because you're if you're making that investment in their training and development, you want them to not just stay but then to to help others on that journey. So it's like this perpetual cycle. Correct. So it's a balance for me. Um you do need some really experienced heads, otherwise it's all going to be on your head. You want others to come into the organisation but to have a culture of nurturing and growth and development. And we do a lot of lunch and learns around here um, to share the knowledge. So if we've got all of the uh, knowledge in one particular area like performance marketing or partnership marketing, then, you know, that we have lunch and learns and we share that information. No, that's really cool. Love the lunch and learns. And I love this idea of, you know, progression maps. Uh, we have one where we someone will come in on their first day, they'll get an idea of what progression looks like, the different salaries are different levels. And it kind of, it's like a treasure map. You just kind of follow along and people, I think, feel a lot more secure about where they're going to end up. I was just going to say that people want to know that they're safe and they're secure and they do have a career. Um, We know that on average people are only staying about 12 months anywhere. Uh, That's not long enough in terms of doing really great work and helping somebody on their career journey. So, yeah, being able to show people. Also, with your enterprise now at the level of 40, they can begin to see where they're going. Really hard for startups where there's three people in the team. Well, where am I going to end up, you know? So And and in startup, startup world, you're generalists, whereas by the time they get to your size, people become specialists. Yeah, it's been, it's certainly a fun thing to look at. And and Naomi, for what reasons wouldn't you back someone going into business? I don't like them. 
that's an obvious one, but a good one though. Look, you know, life's short and you want to kind of, where you spend your energy and your time is really, really important. So, Mm. you know, while I'd be a little facetious, I do want to know that there's a shared sense of purpose and a shared Mm. sense of values so Mm. that our values align. Because whenever I've seen any upset in business or whenever I get particularly anxious about something, if I go back to it, it's usually my values are different than the person that I'm dealing with, mm. whether it's a partnership, a relationship, an investment. The, and one of the challenges as an investor is people will often say what you think they want to hear and we hear that when actually they should just say how it really is, respect them enough mm. to know that they may still make a choice for that. So uh, for me when people who, you know, let's say in Shark Tank because that was in the public domain, when people come in and they instantly are telling mm. furfies, well, it's not a great way to start a partnership. It's like dating. You just <laughs> don't date look. on your you just don't lie mm. on your first date. You're never 100%. going anywhere, you know. Yeah. So first yeah. of all, I have to like them. Secondly, is I have to see that they they understand their strengths in that business, um, that they understand customer and they feel they feel customer, like they get it and they um, – so some people get lost in the product. They love the product so much they forget to actually show it to people and hear what people are saying. Uh, they kind of get mm. in the intellectual side uh, of the business of how it should work rather than understanding customers mm. are completely fickle. But how do you choose people to go on your podcast? <laughs> really good question. Um, <laughs> look, I, uh, I reached out to people like you who I've kind of – just casually met a little bit on the journey um, mm. because I thought you would have interesting questions and an interesting background and also I thought it wouldn't hurt mm. to promote your business a little bit. And, you know, I'm oh, very much about dragging other people with me. So I feel that I'm in a very fortunate position that I meet people everywhere and now I'm listening for, a, well, how could I support them? And maybe it's just in having a conversation. Mm. But also sometimes if I'm doing, if, if it's the other way around, people can be put a little bit on the spot. Mm. So this is a way for me to uncover mm. and share. Uh, secondly is I'm looking for broad stories. I don't want it to all be, oh, people mm. from Sydney or, you know, they all look like this or they're all in e-commerce. I just want a, a, a variety mm. of businesses and and true diversity and I think that that mm. broadens the conversation. You and I both know business happens anywhere and everywhere. You know, 60% of Australians in any given moment have an idea for a business and my job is to mm. make sure that they feel a sense of relatedness uh, with what we're doing here mm. on Handpicked. In, in the interest of the, that kind of generosity, Naomi, do you find that often helps you along that, that business journey or guides you to making different decisions? Yes. Um, my purpose is to shift the way people experience life and mm. that's um, for Big Red Group and we have the brands Red Balloon Adrenaline and Lime and Tonic and obviously we sell experiences and we are an experienced marketplace. But our purpose is broad enough to include all of the other things that I do and David Anderson and our leadership team do. So that includes my speaking or my writing books Mm. or now doing a podcast is because it's about I don't know who we're going to impact doing this podcast. I've got no idea. But we found out in uh, one of the episodes that we've done in this series and she said, oh, I saw you years ago and because of you I gave it a crack. I didn't know that story until we did the podcast. So who knows who we're going to impact and influence and I think that this is a really, really great mechanism to do so. No, it it is really cool. Besides, when people... When people ask me for mentoring, now I go, just come on the podcast (laughs) podcast. or apply to be on the podcast, I should say. (laughs) 
And now I've got an out for that. I've got mentor yeah. walks over here. You can do that or uh, apply to be on the podcast. I love that. And it is, it's true. I mean, I remember being in, you know, school. I mean, not that it was that long ago, but I remember reading in uh, economics class about, you know, a different entrepreneurs, Janine Alice came up and, and you read these things. You don't even think about it. And then one day you're meeting them at some business event somewhere. And it's cool. Um, it's cool to be a part of that journey. So yeah, hats off to oh, you. Oh, thank you so much. It's so true. You know, looking at, you know, obviously doing a lot of work in Australia, do you find uh, when you go to events or speaking or anywhere, do you find that you get or attract that kind of tall poppy syndrome that a lot of Australians talk about? I've had that from time to time when people kind of go, well, it's all right for mm. her. You know, oh, she must be having fun at work. It must be easy for her. Um, mm. And no business journey is easy and mine definitely hasn't been smooth sailing. Uh, and, yes, there is a notion of tall poppy and it comes and goes depending on waves. But what I do know is if I don't show up and if I don't stand on the stage, then who's going to? And we need role models. Mm. We don't want to leave it to the Kardashians. But we need role models for mm-hmm. all all of society, not just young people, but all of society. So people go, oh, my goodness. Like I didn't start my business until I was nearly until I, I don't know, but it was a long time ago. But I think I was just about to turn 40. <laughs> anyway, it was ages ago. And um, yeah, yeah, now yeah. I'm trying to do the sums in my head. Uh, but anyway, so I wasn't a spring uh, chicken. I'd already had my kids and um, so forth. So people can start business mm-hmm. at any age. And I think that's a really important message as well. Mm. Your journey, you know, you started, you started, gave it a crack at 17 and look at you. So um, business is... It doesn't see gender, it doesn't see age, it doesn't see uh, mm. multicultural backgrounds. This is the one equal playing field and I absolutely love it. No one really cares as long as you can get a job done, right? If you can create a business about something, whether that's experiences, whether that's educating on SEO, delivering SEO, you know, at the start I was so worried because of my age, you know, like, oh, I'm 17, no one's going to trust me or anything like that. But once you start delivering, right, People start that they don't really care. They put away any you know, preconceptions or anything like that in the interest of getting results. So I think that's a really cool idea. And if anyone's listening and they're like, oh, I'm not sure if I can or if people respect me, it is a, always a good idea to kind of get started and try it out. What do you have exactly. to lose? Exactly. Completely agree with you. And if you don't give it a crack now, when are you going to? One of my mentors always says the best best time to plant a tree was five years ago. The second best time is now. So I always love that saying. I got one last one. Uh, I wanted to know, let's say let's say I came in to the Red Balloon Group tomorrow and I came along as your brand new junior SEO specialist, right? What are the things that you would like to see a representative of the Big Red Group doing? Um, uh, we look for our team members to be deeply curious, particularly in the beginning. And uh, we have a mm. considered... Uh, induction program and every team member gets to spend time with each of the leaders in the business. So uh, both David and I have meetings so that people can ask us any questions and they soon realise, A, how ordinary and normal we are and, B, that, you know, there's nothing (laughs) sacred here. We expect new employees Mm. to challenge to really challenge the status quo. Mm. And we put it to our business in February that nothing was sacred anymore. And as a result of Mm. that, we've got some incredible ideas come out from people that we're already executing. You know, getting rid of PayPal was one of them. There's been some really interesting Mm. uh, things that we are doing that people are like, why do you have that? 
doesn't serve you. And so mm. nothing's sacred and we are absolutely um, uh, listening deeply because we want external opinions, we want external views. Uh, and, and, and maybe some of the things don't happen but we listen deeply. Our job as leaders is to make sure we harness mm. that and capture it and reinforce it and let people know when they made a difference because nobody wants to be generating all the ideas and then nothing happens. Like There's nothing more frustrating. It's funny because you look at Hollywood movies and you look at the big boss comes in, tells everyone what to do. I think in successful companies it couldn't be any different. I mean we always joke at Studio York that I'm the bottom of the, the rung, you know, in terms of like I'm just here to listen and implement what I think is going to head us in the right direction. I don't come in and shout out orders and bark out things. You know, if you came in as a junior, you'd probably just think I was a, another dude there. So I think that's really a great culture that you've built up, that you're able to listen and execute and give people that recognition rather than coming in barking orders like a typical Hollywood madman executive. <laughs> oh, I promise you it's not like that here. I'm like, can I sit here? Exactly, like, isn't oh, it? right. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So the reverse. Uh, oh, Harry, you've been a delight. Thank you so much for coming on uh, this series of Handpicked. Uh, great questions and if there's one thing you've encouraged it's give it a crack and you can start at any age thank you Naomi. congratulations on your business Cheers, appreciate it and congratulations to you too thank you